Welcome back to the Raising the Revival Generation podcast. I'm Bethany, and this is Jason, and welcome to episode four. If you haven't done so already, you can take this time to subscribe, follow, heart, share, all those things that come with social media. Yeah, and if you haven't done so already, we are giving away a book. Uh, It's How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation by Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and you can go ahead and find our post on Facebook or Instagram that's titled Episode 3 Giveaway. You did good. Thanks. I did it. I did the intro. took four episodes to get to that point. It... Mm -hmm. What? Nothing. But uh, anyways, (laughs) do you have... Anything else you want to do? Or is it my turn? It's your turn. Oh, okay. So so the way these podcasts work is when we sit down, we normally sit here for like 10 minutes trying to figure out uh, how to start, and then we try to figure out where we're going. We're like and, Michael Scott. And yeah, sometimes we start <laughs> talking without the destination, the end destination being on the map, uh, so we kind of make it up as we go. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to start this episode off based off of our last episode where we talked about putting God first in your family and being in, really uh, seeking Him and uh, and the, how that opens up the door for God to become first in your kid's life. This is essentially what we were talking about in the last episode. But I wanted to, I was just reminded of the story of Samuel. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and I was thinking about this in parenting, is that Samuel is born and his mom brings him to the temple and she, and she, she gives them to the priest because she said, like, God, if you give me this child, I will give him back to you. And so she, she's true to her word. She brings him there. And then Eli is the priest. And so uh, Samuel hears God's calling on his life at a young age. He literally hears the voice of God calling him, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And, and he keeps going back to the person who's supposed to be the spiritual mentor of his life. Right. Right. And every time he goes back to him, he's, he's asleep. And he goes, just go back to sleep. You're just dreaming. You're just mm-hmm. dreaming. And then finally it clicks in his head. That this boy is hearing from God. And so he, he says, next time you hear that voice, Samuel, say this. After like three times of waking him up. And as a parent, I can understand like, like just go to sleep, please. Please go to sleep. Yeah. Um, because with seven kids, it's like every hour one of them is doing something. So that's seven hours of the night <laughs> of your yeah. life that you don't get to have. But anyways, uh, back to my story. When when he, he finally says, he realized that it's the voice of God and he says to him, uh, Tell, say, what is it, Lord, your servant's listening is pretty much what he tells him. And I was just thinking about how that applies to, like, parenting yeah. and being and being in tune with the Spirit. So now Eli was the priest. He was supposed to be in tune with the Spirit, but he had gone long periods of time with not hearing the Word of God. And so when God started moving in the young man's life, Samuel, he had no clue at first. Mm. And and in the, in the scheme of parenting and what that looks like is... It, tying it back to our previous episode is putting God first is, is being able to hear the voice of God. So when, you, when your kids are experiencing things of God in their life and they have questions, they can go to you who's the spiritual mentor of yeah. them and you are able to, to speak into that and to be able to do something about that. Right. So in that story, it's two different things. It's number one, uh, what would happen if Samuel had been taught to hear the voice of God and to recognize that. And number two, um, Eli. Yeah. And number two, with Eli, what would have happened if he had, like, faith or, like, that he knew that Samuel knew how to hear the word of God? And also, probably with Eli being able to hear the word of the Lord himself, too. 
But I think that's what ends up happening in our lives. We we kind of get comfortable, and so we we lose. We we forget what God's voice sounds like, and what God mm. does, what God. And some of the times we don't even know what God's voice sounds like. That's the that's other true. thing. He was living in the in the temple. He should have been the one that knew the presence of God, knew the voice of God, but he didn't. And and it's almost like he gets passed over because he forfeited right. that in his life and mm-hmm. in his and in, in his family really because you, what you find out is that his sons are terrible. Right. They're the they are the worst. He did not do a good job of instilling uh, faith in the word of God into their life, and they end up going out and being just terrible people, yeah. stealing from people, um, a whole bunch of like messing around, and fooling around, and so they end up getting cut off. Right. And uh, by the end of the story, what you find is um, is that Samuel has this amazing calling where he's anointing kings, and even King David, who would be a man after God's own heart, that's right. what he's doing, while Eli falls out of the chair and breaks his neck. Right. And it's such a, it's such a, 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 drastic, uh, a drastic change from what should have been and then the calling of God on the next generation. Right. And so as as we step into this episode of the podcast, it's understanding that that it's not you don't forfeit a calling when you start speaking into somebody else's life. Actually, that's part of your calling. Mm. So with your kids, like your calling, your greatest calling is as a parent. And that parent role is to is to is to instill faith into your kids' life. Like right. we keep saying it's it's you're the one that introduces them to this Jesus that you love so much that you want your kids to know because he's amazing and he's, he does amazing things in your life and he's gonna do amazing things in their life. Like you are the the one who does that and then you continue to help that relationship flourish. So so my personal relationship with Jesus is amazing, but it's also awesome that I get to be a part of my kids relationship with Jesus too and I and when they hear things or when they see things or when they're reading things in their bible that they don't have to be like what is this what is this what is this what, yeah. is, this? what is this they can come to us as parents and we can be like this is what this is this is what God's doing in your life this is what God wants to do in your life and and um and being that voice that that can that can point them to God and be right. that be that thing and and so that that was just as we finished last episode it kind of stuck with me resonated mm. with me that but that's really our job, and 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 what it, when we don't do it right, we look a lot like Eli in the story. Right, right. We look a lot like Eli. Well, and I think about this. We had a student recently, and we were talking about scripture memorization, and they brought us the scripture that they didn't they didn't know anything about it, and they said, "What does this even mean? Like I've read it, I don't understand." Like first of all, we were not only did they read it, they said they were gonna they memorized it, they memorized which is, it, yeah, <laughs> which is funny. To and me. we were impressed that they were doing that and that they were in their Bible. Um, but this is a, a student who comes from a an unsaved family. He's the second one. His his grandmother is saved, um, but he's the second one really, and in, in his immediate, he's the, really the first one to be saved, and so he doesn't have parents who can guide him in scripture so he just has been kind of reading this and stuck like you know what what do I do keep going what is this and and uh it it made me think like number one as parents who are Christians and raising our children it's a privilege and it's an honor but it's also it's vitally important that we are investing into our children into their scripture reading and into that time because not everybody has that and so, like, when we're given these kids, and we talk about this all the time here, that we're supposed to steward, it's important that we're actually doing that. And just being Christians and going to church, is that's not enough. That doesn't yeah, fulfill and, it. And I heard someone say, just actually, we went to visit a church, and the pastor said, church is not a place you go to. Church is a people you are. Sure. Yeah. And so that, that means that everywhere we go, 
we we are the church, even yeah. in our in our family, and even in our family unit. The basic um, breakdown of a church is families, right? right? As they come together, that that's right. the body complete. Um, but uh, but with that is understanding that 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 you are you are still a, a church when you're in your family unit. Like it doesn't it Christian Christianese tends to we like I said I keep bringing this up is that we separate it out. Yeah. But it's really not. Right. It's really when you're in your, you're, I'm still a Christian, a follower of Christ, as I parent my kids. Right. Right. Um, and and so often, another thing that just came to mind is is when we talk about like how the family is so deconstructed throughout the week. Like the kids go over here, the mm-hmm. parents go over here. The mm-hmm. kids have sports, they have school, they have drama practice, they have, whatever it is. They have friends, they houses, they go over sleepovers. Whatever it is that, that it's so divided, then you, there's work, there's meetings, there's business that has to happen. Also, there's shopping, grocery stop, shopping. Right. There's all these different things that divide the family. And even even sometimes a church can be that dividing factor where they constantly separate out the kids from the family. And, and I'm like I said in the last episode, I'm going to say it again. I'm a big component for 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 kids' church because I hope they so. because well, first of all, my wife teaches <laughs> in one. Uh, so, but second of all, they get filled. They yeah. they get to go in and hear the word of God in a message that's tailored to them. Right. But we don't need we don't give up our position because of that. That's important. We don't give up our role and our responsibility. I am always going to be dad and father and the lead shepherd of my kids. Right. And actually, as as youth pastors and children's pastors, it's actually our job. Our job is not to raise Christian like Christians. Like that's not our job. Our job isn't to be the only spiritual nourishment and food that students get throughout the week. In fact, really what we're called to do is to come alongside the family and partner with parents um, rather than make a replacement. And that happens often. So it's like, well, they go to youth group or they go to kids church, right? But but during the week, like we only get a couple hours a week. You know, we get maybe an hour and a half a week, depending on how old they are. Parents, you're, you know, you have all the time, you have the whole time. And so pastors, youth pastors, students pastors, we just fill a very small spot and we're not supposed to be the spiritual, I don't know. The, 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 well, the main course. Right. That's not, that's not our position. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like, like food, right? You don't just live off of a one a day pill. Right. Right. That, that, that's a supplement. Right. It's something you take along with a meal. The meal is what you live off of. That's that's sure. that that's the essence of how you live. You don't just live off of pills. Right. And so, as as ministers, it's it's not superseding the parents' role. I mean, sometimes we have to step in just because we have a lot of kids sure. who are in church. Yeah, they don't have fa- fathers that's, and mothers. That's the majority so of our yeah. personal ministry. But if if you're a father and a mother who believe in Jesus and you and and you're a be- like a believer, a Christ follower, then then the church doesn't. The, we don't supersede that role as ministers. Actually, we come alongside. Right. And and that's really what it is. Is is so I'm the head shepherd of my flock, which is right. the Klebs family. Amen. And uh, and I, Christ, well, actually, Christ is the head shepherd, yeah. and I'm following him. Right. And I'm following in his footsteps for my family. It's the breakdown of church to like the the purest form, which is me ministering to my kids. Right. Um. And and that's really what it is. And and so I think about history, right? And when they had like the industrial revolution and all mm-hmm. these kids are being neglected and there was a big void and right. gap in the family unit was what kind of when Sunday school kind of came along because you had all these kids who were like orphans sure. and street kids and really neglected and they needed some kind of uh, biblical instruction because it was neglected. 
Yeah. It wasn't the way God intended, but it's the right. way it happened because of right. mankind and our fallenness. And so, so they come along and they, I forget the name of the guy who makes Sunday school a big thing. And you don't remember either, obviously. No. So there you go. But, uh, but, Not my forte. But what we did is we, we took what was a substitute for the way God intended and we made it the model. Right. The model, the, the whole, the Bible is so clear about how we are to raise our kids that it's not the church's job to raise our kids. Um, and that's important to know. Because last episode we talked about creating venues for God to, to, to speak to them. But I want to highlight this thought so that you don't push the responsibility off, is that you are the venue. That's right. You are the conduit that's in your right. kid's life yeah. through which the Holy Ghost moves. And so that I just felt like before we got too far into this, that we don't give a, a reason to escape out of it. Yes. But, uh, but to really hone in on the responsibility of parenting in a child's life. Right. Sending your children to youth group, church, kids' church, events, camps. Not bad. Conferences, not bad. Good. But that's not, the, that's not the whole point. That's not the main point. That's just a piece of the puzzle, right? And so it is. Um, and that's like something I think that happens often in with children who are raised in Christian families. It's that... It becomes almost an experience-based relationship. So they go places, they see things happen, they have a moment of something happening, and then life goes back to the same, right? And it's, you know, something that we see, especially in youth ministry, you know, we see the hype for a conference, right? And then these kids get passionate and they get sold out and then it drops. And then they wait and they'll be like, oh, I can't wait, you know, next year for this conference because God's going to move. And like, well, God can move now and he wants to move now. And so how do we facilitate that? And that's the question is, as parents, how do we facilitate this during the week, during their time, during their everyday life um, beyond place to place? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's being able to cultivate that culture in your house, actually. That's that's really what it comes down to is that... (laughs) is that if we can really get back to the biblical model, right. then when it says to train a child in the ways that he should go or they should go, that, that begins at the most basic unit, which is the family unit. Mm-hmm. The church is a family of family, meaning that, that it, it's, it's, its whole body, the fulfillment of the body, is made up by individual family units and structures. And the strength of those family units and structures matters right. because that's the strength of the church. Um, and a thing that I like to say when I speak to parents, the few times I get to is that is that we have the greatest we have the greatest spot in our kids' hearts, yeah, because they love us, right. So so what I say is weighty to my daughters and it's weighty to my kids because I have the most real state in their heart, mm-hmm. and um, and because of that, the way I respond and the way I treat them and the way I say things matters to them. Now we get a lot of kids who come from broken families. Mm-hmm. And 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 just the whole mess that comes with the brokenness leaves them broken inside because their parents have so much real estate in their heart that it just tears them apart to see the division, see the hurt, and see all those things happening. But but understanding that that because we have the most real estate in their heart, we have the most opportunity to speak life and to help them grow spiritually. It's not a speaker at a conference. He might he might give them the tingly feelings of the, right. and they might feel the presence, but we actually get to instill it into their hearts. Sure. And when you think about like the parable of the sower, right, it says that the man, he goes out and he throws the seed, which is the gospel, and lands on the different soils, yep. is, that, is that we have that opportunity to do that in our kid's life, but also we get the opportunity to till the soil. Right. Not, not everybody gets to have the opportunity to till the soil in someone's life, but we do with our kids. Right. 
so we can make that we can harden their hearts by our attitudes and by our if we're hypocritical in the way we do things or if we're one way at home and then when we go outside the home we're completely different Mm -hmm. like that is an opportunity to harden their hearts we can we can quench their faith by by being negative all the time or by um even even not I mean, we can just quench, you can quench your faith a whole bunch of ways. You can throw, yeah. you can throw water on the fire easily. A lot of people right. do that. Right. Um, but, but very few people get the opportunity, like, like when you're talking about conferences, you can send them to the conferences. Mm-hmm. And like I said, those aren't bad. Um, but you got to remember the responsibility of being a parent is to till the soil. Right. So you remove the weeds. Yeah. You break up the thorns. You, you break the, the hard ground through love because you have the most real estate on their heart, but you also have the chance to, to cause callous. Right. But that's why Paul says, he says, don't be, don't be overbearing on your children because you might set a standard that they can't meet, so they're always constantly feeling like a failure. Sure. And rather than running towards God, this God that you proclaim, they run away from God because mm-hmm. you've been so it's too much. hard. Yeah, it's too much. It's a bur- Jesus says, take my yoke upon you because my burden is easy. Right. Like We need to make that easy for our kids. Right, right. Well, it's like what we're talking about at our church right now, what our pastor just preached about this Sunday, is that um, a lot of times you have evangelism, and then right from evangelism you want to go into discipleship because that's our next steps, right? But what he talked about this week is actually in the middle, there's something actually that we miss in the middle, and that's fellowship, right? Because if you think of a newborn baby, and we've had a lot of them, right? What does a newborn baby need? What do they crave? What do they desire? Well, they need someone to hold them. Some, they need love, they need someone to feed them, and they need somebody to change them. This that time, they need that connection. It, babies thrive, especially off of like physical connection, right? Um, and being close to their moms and being close to their dads. They don't need anyone else. They need mom and dad, and they need um, that fellowship. And so when you think about that in regards to our children, right? When they're when they're young, that they need that like that fellowship of like creating that foundation and, and creating that soil and that's love and it's connection and it's and it's gentleness and it's um patience <laughs> and it's i think even like joy and wonder i think it's, it's pretty much all the fruit it's of the all of it and and i think <laughs> of like specifically of like joy and wonder you know a lot of times kids are hard you know they are hard they do things that frustrate you and and you're like, why can't you just listen? Why can't you get, you know, just do this? And a lot of times we miss joy in raising our kids and just like who they are and the wonder that we have these little human beings that like are entrusted to us. And the idea that, that each one is uniquely made. Mm-hmm. So like, so God called Samuel by name and he's calling each and one of our, each one of our kids by name. Like mm-hmm. he has, he has a specific unique calling to each one based on their character. And I remember when Adeline was really little, she was so defiant. <laughs> and we always used to say... She's like Jaira Mercy now. <laughs> yes. We used to say that when, when, if we could get that so that she has, so that she believes in God, she would be so resilient and defiant sure. in her faith that she wouldn't listen to anybody but God. Right. And... That's what we're seeing now. That's what we're seeing, yeah. Yeah. So, so that became a reality, but, but we didn't, we didn't, we didn't squash it. But we saw it as a character, um, not not a flaw, but a strength when it's honed in in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really understanding, like who your child is, right. and, and 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 cultivating that in their life, so that it's not a it's not a character flaw. Right. 
Right. But it's actually a, a strength that needs to be redirected in the right place. And when you have the streams of the Holy Spirit flowing in their lives, that's what it becomes. It becomes a strong, a, a, a strength in their life. Mm-hmm. So, so Adeline is very defiant in her faith. Right. So if things come against it and they go against the Word of God, she just doesn't accept it. Right. She is firm in her foundation. Well, and I think of like, I think of Asher too. Asher is nine and his personality is, he's, he's a people pleaser. Asher wants um, acknowledgement. He wants people, he wants to please people. He wants wants approval. He wants approval. He wants to be around people. And that's something that could go really, really good or really, really not good, right? There's there's different directions. So it's our job to be able to take that and to cultivate that and to create it into a, a healthiness, right? And be able to to work with that. And that, I, I can't wait to see where where that ends up, even though sometimes it gets like a little bit frustrating. Yeah, and like, well, we know Lila's very nurturing. Lila's very like nurturing. In the Mary and, but sometimes a little bit too much though. In the Mary and Martha situation, she's a lot like Martha where Adeline is very much merry, and yeah. you can see it even in the way that they argue with each other. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, though, in a time when they were younger, um, maybe like 8 and 10, and they the, the friction that that caused. And I remember being so frustrated and in prayer, like, God, like, I don't know what to do with these girls. Like, they just argue constantly. They're best friends, and they argue, and they best friends, and they argue, and what do I do? And I remember the Lord telling me, he said, you are raising a, a Mary and a Martha, and so in that, I need to treat them differently. I need to treat them as who they are and not just one thing across the board. So, and that's very much the case, especially with those two. But I'll say, our, you know, the, the other kids too and, and how every child needs a unique plan to them, right? And that's, and we do that. And, and uh, well, I was just going to say it's unique even in the callings of the Bible. Sure. Right. So Samuel's, Samuel's called. Mm-hmm. Eli was called to be the priest. He, he neglected that. So Samuel comes along as the prophet. Right. And he and he's the he's the voice of God, and he hears God, and he walks with God, and he's kind of like he's almost like mystical somewhat. Because sure. like when you get to like David and and uh, Saul, he just kind of appears and disappears mm-hmm. and appears. But anyways, he he's called to do that. But each person and and then he's called to anoint kings. Yes. But David has a whole nother calling. Yeah. And David's to be the shepherd king. And so then you have, and as you go through the Bible, you see Moses is calling as deliverer, but then you see Joshua is calling as the conqueror, who, right. who because of Moses' deliverance, was able to bring them into the land where God, where God promised them. Mm-hmm. And so each, each child has a unique calling, and they're not all the same. Right. They're not all the same. They're all different. And, and, but our, but it's, it comes out of our calling as a parent to speak into them. Sure. Yeah. And to be able to do those things. So so Moses' parents, right, were called to have Moses and to save his life by sending him into the water. So right. like it, 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 it has like our, our story matters for our kids. Yes, it does. It, it matters because they're going to build off of that. If Moses didn't bring him to the promised land, I'm pretty sure God would have raised up somebody else. But mm-hmm. for the sake of our conversation, if Moses didn't bring him to the promised land, Joshua never would have had the mentor and the before they go sure. before him and the example of but he also never would have had the opportunity to conquer the land. Right. Sure. And so if, if Samuel wasn't brought to the temple because his mom made a promise to God that if you give me a child, I will give him back to you because he's yours already because you, you formed him, you created him, then he never would have had the opportunity to anoint David as king. Right. The shepherd king. I was just talking about this the other day with someone. Is that like, you know, we believe when God says it, he's going to do it, right? God is faithful to his promises. He's faithful to his word. 
Uh, sometimes, though, we can hinder things. Sometimes it takes a faithfulness in our in, in our lives to see those things come to fruition because he says that he's going to do it, but we also have a responsibility in that, right? He's not a he's not a puppet master. He's not controlling strings in that mm. that there's. Um, that there are things in our life that we can apply, like when we have a promise, right? And I think it's the same with our children. I, I think very much when God makes a promise over our children, if he says it, he's going to do it. But it's our job as parents to cultivate it and shape it and grow it um, to the best of our ability to then be able to put into our children's hands as as they grow older and, and step out in that. And all and always being a covering and uh, being a backing and, and um, walking with them in that. And, and I think part of it sometimes um, with with it too, it's it's uh, it's giving them back to God. Yeah. Um, that that's that's a new that's it's not a new concept, but it is. Right. Um, and what I mean is that is that that's that's a very biblical concept. Sure. Um, we said that that's what Samuel's mother did with with him. Mm-hmm. She get, she said, "God, this is yours. You take it." And and David says, uh, or. or Jeremiah and the prophet Jeremiah had says, before I even formed you in the womb, I consecrated you. I had a plan for right. your life. God's speaking. And so for us to be able to get that into our minds, is it's it's very hard. It's a very hard concept, but it's the original one. And, and right. somewhere along the lines, and this is what ends up happening, is we end up following trends or, or beliefs that happen somewhere in the course of history yeah. that get us off sway. But when we get back to God's word, God's word always has effect. That's right. It's always going to have effect. So when we do our marriages off of God's word, it's going to have an effect. When we live in faith according to God's word, it's always going to have an effect. And when we raise our kids according to God's word, it's always going to have an effect. Right. And so, so that's that. That's the encouragement too. That yeah. that uh, as we get back into the Word of God, and as God re takes out the things that are just the best opinions of man, because that's what it comes down to. There's the truth of God's Word, and then there's the best opinions of man. And th- and some of those opinions aren't bad. Some of them are good, and right. some of them worked for a little bit because they needed to be substituted in, like we were talking about sure. Sunday school. But it never supersedes God's plan mm-hmm. and God's design, which is the family unit, which is parents. Um, raising their kids in a way so that they can know God and that they can live their their life in 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 response to knowing God. Right, and it can be scary sometimes. I think of when Lexi first wanted to go to Uganda. This is about four years ago. Um, that was that was scary to take you know a child that had been in your home and then you're sending them across the world with layovers. And I remember about that that like she had a layover in Turkey and. You know, I know, I knew like God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. I knew that God had called her to do it, but it was still scary to release her into that. And then here we are four years later and she's going to Turkey and Israel and Moldova. And, you know, they're, and it's, again, I'm in this situation of like, oh, like my initial response is like, I don't know, like that's a little scary. Like that's a little bit, but I can't do that. Right. I have to trust that she's heard from God, that God has called her to do this. And in that, I have to support her and walk with her along in that because we've taught her to hear from God. And so therefore, when she hears from God, we can't be like, oh, well, no, that's probably not it. Right. We, we have to be able to, to trust that. And that's yeah. scary. Yeah, I remember, I remember uh, there was a boy that came and asked if he could date her. Yep. And <laughs> so this is a story. She was uh, going to be so mad at uh, us. Just being practical. And, <laughs> and, uh, and my response was, I've done what I can to raise her mm-hmm. so that she knows God and knows right. God's calling on her life. So I trust her to make this opinion. Right. Sure. To make this, to, to, to grab this. And, and that doesn't mean you don't give guidance. Sure. 
or even correction. Or no. Or no. On occasion. Yeah, but but you allow them to walk. Like I've I've been we've instilled in her as parents the tools that she needs to make sure. the best choices for her life. Right. We can't make the choices for her. Right. But we but we've instilled in her a love for God, of the Holy Spirit's in her life. And uh, so she has everything she needs to go well, from, uh, go on from there. And, or, and if she asks us for our opinion, we well we try not to be opinionated. That's hard. That's hard for anybody. And especially, especially when you see especially when you see things coming down the line. Like <laughs> that's the other thing too. As parents, you have foreknowledge and foresight. You can say like this isn't going to work yeah. out so well. But but the but uh, but instilling them the wisdom and the knowledge of God and to seek God and to allow the spirit to work through their lives is a very important aspect because at some point they're going to be on their own walking and, uh, and we might not be here, but God, right. And God's spirit is still speaking to them and directing them. And so that's, that's part of I, cultivating that. In I their think life. that's something that we've learned from my dad. When you talk about like one generation to the next is that in, there's been times. Okay. Sorry. I thought the camera just up. There's, let's see. I there's been times in our life where in situations where I think my dad has really wanted to give his opinion and saying like, hey guys, like this doesn't seem right. There's something going on here or whatever, but he doesn't. He very much gently guides without inserting his own opinion, knowing the weight of his opinion, right? And so that's something that we've tried to apply with our now adult child is, is the same is, you know, um, being able to, to help her and make her decisions and help her in hearing from God to do what it is that she needs to do. And I think of this past summer, she had a huge decision that she had to make and it was not an easy decision. And it was an, it was, um, and gut-wrenching. It was gut-wrenching as a parent. It was an emotional thing. And as a parent, we want to come in and be like, we're going to do this, this, and this. This is what it is. But we had to recognize that she's 21 years old, and um, and she loves Jesus, and she hears from Jesus. And therefore, we have to step back and say, okay, like what, what you decide in this situation, you know, we're going we're gonna to support you, and we're going to encourage you, and we're going to be here for whatever you need in that. And, and she made the right choice. Yeah. And, and part of that too, uh, just as parenting. Uh, so I've come to the, to the conclusion that, uh, it's okay to protect your kids. Yeah, definitely. And we're not saying not to protect your kids. And so, no, I'm, I'm talking about like, but as they're growing in that whole process of learning to hear from God, I'm not talking about like, but, but protect your kids as in far as don't let be able to step in front of some arrows for them. Oh yeah. Even if it's their fault, because that builds trust. Yeah. And, uh, and so understanding that, that it's okay to, to be protective because Mm -hmm. you're called to You're like, we're protected as parents. We we protect, we provide, we, and, and, um, and so understanding that role too, is is that's combined with the whole part of the process is, is that it's okay to, to step in front of some, and sometimes for me, I get too protective. I don't think I get too protective. I, I think it can too, be. I get too protective. But I, I can be really assertive if, if someone comes against some one of my kids that I love. Right. And um and so it, it's it's allowing them to see like like my dad cares about me enough to step in front of this one for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that builds trust and security. Sure. And so that also that also because uh, it's easy just to throw people under the bus. Sometimes we do it with our kids. And, and that's just a fact. Sometimes we just do it with our kids, even even if they're even if they're being like 
obnoxious. Like, it's okay to defend them. Right. It's okay for them to see that you love them and for you to step in and protect them because that's going to that's gonna open up the door. And, and they don't have to, like I said, you can step in front of some bullets like for them. I remember when I first started in, in, in youth ministry and, uh, and I had a, a mentor, a, a great man of God, who brought me in and I had done something with the youth group and I was and I was in trouble with one of the parents and it wasn't nothing bad but but this relationship with this with this group of family it wasn't it was there was a lot of friction in it and so we were going to meet with one of the parents um, the father and and I remember I showed up early for the meeting because my past the pastor who was my mentor told me to and he said sit there and he said you're going to take everything this man has to say and you're not going to open your mouth and I was like, I was like, okay. And he says, even if it's unfair, hmm. I said I can do that. I'll just sit here because he's just gonna dump, and then he's gonna it's gonna be over. There'll be forgiveness and peace, and we'll just get out of there. And as I was sitting there, and this is like I said, this was in ministry, but this is my mentor who is kind of a fatherly figure for me. Sure. So this is has a, a tie to parenting. Yeah. And so this person starts unloading, and and maybe I did wrong. Probably did some wrong, but it wasn't a hundred percent all my like. Sure. It was just a bad. It was just friction in the relationship. So he starts dumping, and I'm just sitting there, sitting there, taking it, taking it, taking it. And then finally, this this pastor friend uh, who was my mentor had more at stake in this relationship with this guy than I did. Right. Stand stood in the middle of us and said, "That's enough of that." Right. And he defended me. Right. And he protected me, and that liberated me to know that that underneath his covering, I was safe. Right. And I could do things. You're backed. Yeah, and and I had I had his his protection as a and as parents that's what we that's what we, yeah. we they're under mm-hmm. our covering. Amen. So we have to protect them, and we even if it means standing if if they did something wrong, right? There's consequences for wrong, but it's yeah. not allowing them to be to be abused or, yes. or or trampled on just because they're kids because they're yours. Right. They're they're mine, and so like. So it's it's okay as parents to stand in the way of that and just and to say okay enough's enough okay I understand they spilt their milk but what kid doesn't spill their milk so chill out or, yeah. or no, that was just an example yeah, sure but, but you well we had that in a situation once with with Lexi where we were in a meeting with parents talking about their child and in the midst of it out of frustration one of the parents says to me well do you know that Lexi like messages and swears. And at that point, and we haven't shared much about Lexi's story, but she had only been with us maybe six months. I'm not even sure. And, and my response was like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. That's not what we're here talking about. That's not what we're meeting about. She's, you have no idea what she's gone through, what she's been through and able to, to in that, like where this parent wanted to take this, this thing and like shove it in my face and be like, well, your kid swears and me being like, okay, that's great. That's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking, we're going to focus on this and being able to deflect that. And, you know, was she wrong for swearing and messaging this kid? Absolutely. Of course she was. But in that moment or in that time, and it wasn't even anything I ever corrected. We just, we worked on other things that were going on in our life because quite frankly, that didn't even matter at that point. Yeah, because a lot of times what you what you find out as a parent is that is that the thing the, the actions you see are a bud, like a flower, sure. yes. like a dandelion. Like if you went out and you just trimmed off all the heads of dandelions, guess what's going to come back in a week? The heads of the dandelion. It's the root that matters. Yeah. And so a lot of times what you see is, is behavioral things are just the root of what's going on on the inside. So at that point, we could have just crushed her. 
and just started reaming her out for the yeah. for what was the what was the outside thing that we saw when really there was a heart thing that needed right. to, to find healing and yeah. that's what ended up happening in her life. So it's also understanding that too. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, but, and we see that with our little ones too. Like there are da- there are times when our little ones might just be having a a day, a week, a month where you know they're grouchy, they're fighting with everyone, they're defiant, they're disobedient, and all those things. And, and there's like frustration in that, but there's always something going on behind that. You know, what is it? What do, what do they need? And a lot of times we'll pause and we'll have conversations and we'll say, "What's going on with this child right now? Like, what is it? And like, what is it that they? What are they? What do they really need amongst this this behavior that's really just a symptom of something else going on? You know, do they need one-on-one time? Is there something going on? when, you know, how's their walk with Jesus? What is this? And being able to evaluate that because sometimes we're just like, oh, you're, you know, as parents, it could be like, well, this, this kid is just that I, I don't know. We don't use those words in our house. We don't, we don't call our kids bad, but you know what I mean? Like, and I've, we've heard it from parents like, oh, they're just bad. They're just naughty. They're just disobedient. Like, okay, well, why, what, what's the reason? Well, you know, where, what can we get through? Where's the heart in it? You know, what's behind it? Are the things going on? What's going on? And part of that, there, well, there's twofold. There's, there's, well, shepherding comes with twofold. It's, it's, it's knowing your child. Yeah. But the second thing is knowing what's causing the issue. Right. So like, like a, a lot of behaviors are learned. They're not just like, it didn't just Mimic. get deposited, deposited into them. Like right. they learned it or they saw it or they, or something is, is off mm-hmm. in them. And so that's what causes that. And so understanding that and trying to, trying to bring healing. And so the word healing actually means to make whole, right? Bring wholeness back to, back Amen. to their life, whether it's their mind or their hearts or whatever it is. It's it. And so many times we, we segregate. So as parents, we're healers in their, in the kids' lives. Yeah. So uh, we segregate that just to physical healing, yeah, just to mm-hmm. a boo boo, just to right. a broken like the the miraculous things where blind eyes are being opened. Sure, but actually, when it when it when we use that term uh, healing in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, what they're saying is to make whole, mm-hmm. to make to restore it back to the way it was in the garden. It's pretty right. much what it's getting at, and that's emotional, and that's spiritual, and that's in your mind. So all those things are things that as parents that we that we do we bring we can, mm-hmm. we have the opportunity I should say because not everybody takes that, takes that opportunity you have the opportunity to bring healing to those situations right. yeah um, and so regressing back to what we said like not behaviors are, are most often learned they're they're a learned yeah. behavior it's understanding why your child is doing something right. And you can't just chalk it up to hormones. You can't just chalk up that you because there's a spiritual right. thing at, at at work in their life, and it's it's finding or disorders. We hear that a lot. Oh, they're just ADHD or dyslexic or yeah. whatever that is. That's that's a cop just out. Symptoms. Yeah, that's a cop right. out for what's going on on the inside. There's a spiritual. Right. Uh, there's a spiritual reality as parents that we need to see. We need to we need to comprehend, and we need to protect our kids spiritually too. Yeah. Um, it's not just physically, but it's spiritually. And I remember, um, Lila. This this summer uh, we, had a, we had an incident where um, someone tried to combine. Like we told the story about her having the vision of the purple haired mm-hmm. lady, and I was like, "That's crazy!" But I didn't kibosh what God <laughs> right. was doing because I didn't want to just be like, "You." Because what if what if I said those harsh words and she never heard from God again right. in that same way because she tuned out? She said that wasn't God. Sure. That was just me being crazy. Right. But uh, but there was a a, a situation that happened where someone went to 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 her and said something which made her break down and cry oh yeah and as a parent i could have just been like okay well that's and it happened in a church and setting as a parent i could have just said okay hands off that was just that just happened 
And, um, right, it was an well, authority figure, but it wasn't an authority figure that had permission to speak into yeah. her life. And so I was sitting outside, my wife was fuming. <laughs> I do and, not. Uh, I was fuming, Lexi's fuming. We do not, our pastors, uh, Pastor Crystal fuming, everybody's fuming. But I'm sitting there and I was trying to hear from God. <laughs> so I, I was, and I'm not saying I'm holier than anybody, but I didn't want to kill anybody. So I was calming down and, um, I, was gonna tell someone. and I remember uh, God specifically speaking. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I was like, God... Like, well, how do I handle this? This is awkward. It could be bad. And God literally said, is that not your child? Mm. And when God said that to me, I immediately said, okay, I know what I need to do. Right. And so I I confronted the person. And, I just stared. And and so part of it's understanding, as a parent, you have authority over your kid. Right. Yes. You, you Not only do you have authority... Like, like there for the grasp, it's, it's, it's in the title. Yeah. It's like, you, it's your position. Right. It's like you need mm-hmm. to step into that role and right. not just authority to dictate, but the authority to protect and to nurture. And so I remember I stepped in, I, the, the person was walking out and I stepped in front of them and I, I confronted them and, and, and I, I stared and I, and I told them, I said, I said, you may not ever talk to my daughter again. Yeah. And then they tried to say, well, this is what I said. I said, I don't, I don't care what you said, really. I'm just telling you right. from this, this not- from going forward, this is not okay. Right. We are very particular and we are very protective of our kids because God gave them to us yeah. first. And so it's understand that you have that authority, you have that mm-hmm. role and, uh, and you need to walk in it right. and, and understand like, just as God said, is that not your child? Mm-hmm. God wanted me to protect that, protect Lila because God loves Lila. Right. I love Lila. But God loves her even more. Right. And so if something's wrong, God has put me in the position to, right, the to, advocate. to be the advocate, to right. step in, to step in right. to, to those roles where she needs me to, or any of them, any, any of them need me to, to, to be able to be that, that guard, that shield. And, mm. and, and just so you know, we've gone to the, we've gotten to the society where confrontation is, is bad. Hmm. And I disagree with that because right. Paul makes a point of confronting Peter in front of everybody right. to bring about correction that, that it's going to be good for the church. And so... N- well, not, Jesus confronted. Yeah, he flipped tables and made a whip. Yeah. and but yeah, I guess he, I could have done that. I mean, but he didn't... That would have been a little he confronted, But he also confronted the Pharisees. He confronted his disciples when they were spouting off. I mean, there was... And it, and it, you know, if you think about it, when you, when we look at the word and this is a word tossed around in Christianese often, which is discipline, but discipline means to disciple. And so when we think of discipline, we think of, you know, put your nose to the wall and grounding and, you know, but that's not, it's not actually not what it is. It's discipleship and it's discipling. And so if we look at how Jesus modeled discipleship with his disciples, we can take note with that. We can be protective over them. We can also allow them sometimes to, to say that, you know, to learn and to grow. And that's, that's the discipleship aspect. That's what it is. Yeah. And so, uh, I was trying to figure out where I was going with that sorry. story. I'm we were, sorry. We were talking about Lila and, uh, and, and confrontation, yeah. confrontation. It's okay to be confrontational as long as it's not uh, like a, a, a constant, you're trying to cause fights, but it's okay to, to be able to, to bring correction in, in a way that, that is godly in a way that, um, that really honors God and bring, and makes 
like I said, when Paul confronted Peter, it brought strength and unity to the church because it was removing something that shouldn't have been there. So that that's all. That's well, what I was trying. to I say. I think we say. also had to recognize like confrontation too, because sometimes, and we've experienced this with parents. Like sometimes, parents are so quick to go, "Not my kid." Like my kid wouldn't do that. My kid wouldn't do that. And we also need to make sure we we know our kids, right? And that we're listening to God's spirit because sometimes our kids do mess up just like we mess up, right? And so no kid is always going to be perfect. And sometimes there are situations in their life where something happens outside of your home or whatever, where you do have to say, well, sorry, buddy, like this is, this is a natural consequence of what's happening, but I still love you. I'm going to walk you through this. and I'm going to help you through this yeah. versus I'm going to take away all the pain and my, that's not my kid, and I'm not going to recognize the things I guess that it's, need growth in my yeah, kid. I it's guess it's balance. understanding when to step in because yeah. because if it's something that they did wrong and there's a natural consequence, right. that that's just it's, it's versus a situation like our daughter where she did not do anything wrong. Yes, and that's not just parents talking. That is truly our she didn't do anything wrong, and this person and, did not have the authority to speak to her life. And it was more the confrontation that happened was because I wanted to be the spiritual protector of her. Yes. Because there was no physical harm that happened. To oh her. right, right, right. And so, so it was. It was really guarding her spirit. Yeah. Which is a, which is like. A, a but what had happened was potentially something that, like, that when you hear about kids walking away from the church, it was a situation like that. It had potential to grow into something that. Actually, is we awful. had we had someone who shared a personal testimony after that because they they witnessed it and they said that's what happened to them and that's yes. why they left uh, the church for a long for time. for a very long time. Um, but. But yeah, that's, that's true, and so, and so, yeah, so it's that's protect. It's a chasm. It, yeah, that's what it is, and that's by walking, and that goes back to walking by the Spirit, and knowing the Spirit of God, and being in in the Word, and being in the Spirit, and being able to have discernment for the situations that you need to have discernment for in discipling your children. That's where we can wrap it all entirely. And hit the mic. I always do that. And, and with that too. Uh, comes the idea of, of, of speaking life into your mm. children. Yeah. So you have the all that other stuff as shepherd, as shepherding, as protecting and providing, and it's speaking life to them too. Um, so I, actually, my friend's going to watch the, the last episode and he'll probably make a comment about the argument we had about having <laughs> the best kids. But <laughs> He did comment on yeah, the video. Man. So. Shout out to, to him. Uh he wants to run another five five k. Not see if he'll be included 5K. in every single episode. Maybe we'll try to work him in. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, just going back to that idea, like when we had that argument about about me having the best kids, he wasn't even arguing that his kids were the best. That was a funny thing. <laughs> he just he goes, "We're out." And I look back and I still laugh at it. But but um, <laughs> but the but the speaking the words of life to your kids um, is so important. Yeah. Um, and I can just think of so many kids that have come through our ministry who come from brokenness and who never hear any kind of compliment or any kind of good things spoken about right. them. And yeah. I remember my mentor, um, when I stepped into youth ministry, he, he made a point of this, and I live by this, is that no parent will ever hear us say something not bad about their That's kid. That's right. Yep. When, when they're here, even if they are the devil incarnate. He said, like, we will not say anything bad about their kid yeah, to them. That's right. That their kids are perfect. They're angels. Yeah. They're angels. And and uh, that really sunk into me. And and uh, because what it is, is is these, a lot of kids come from brokenness. And, and there's brokenness in, in, in this world. Like, it's in schools. It's in families. It's, it's all over the place. So for them to, for us as parents to be able to, to contribute to, 
to their wholeness and speaking words of life to them is so important. Yeah. And, I, and I don't know where, where each person's life is at as they watch this. Like, I, I don't know everybody's story. I don't know if you're married, if you're, if you're divorced. What, it, grandma. And, it, and grandma. Raising kids. Grandma, yeah. yeah, grandma uh, has an opportunity to speak words of life into their grandchildren. Or maybe they're not even your children. You just have a heart for them. Right. Like, that right. we each have the opportunity to do that. We get to, we get to speak the words of life into them and see that take effect yeah. in their life. And and so like when, when kids come on Wednesdays, um, I, who was it that said that we are actually the father and mother of a lot of kids spiritually? Who Someone told us that not too long ago, that, that as far as when it comes to spirituality, we, we're the fathers and mothers of hundreds. Yeah, well, I, I had a friend who had a dream about us driving a very, very, very long bus and we just kept picking up more and more children that I was caretaking on the bus. And so, and so that, that, that's, that's part of ministry yeah. is, is that, is that instilling, because like I said, the world tears them down. Yep. The world has a lot of thoughts and opinions and you see the fruit of the world, just of the worldly ways, just in, when you turn on the news, you got, right. you got murder, you got rape, you got addictions, you got neglect, you got abuse, you got anxiety, wars, you got anxieties, you got depressions, you got pills prescribed yeah. for this and that, and you need pills just to make it through the day, right. but but that's not what God has for them. That's right. And so we can accept the norms and just say, this is this is the way my kid is, so I'm just going to keep giving him what the world tells me I need to give mm-hmm. him, or you can start speaking words of life. Right. Like, and it's simple. That is so simple and it's so powerful. It's just, to, it's just to take your kid and just say, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. In fact, before we started this podcast, uh, we had a kid come barging in and that's what my wife said. I just looked at him and said, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan. And his response was, yes, I do. And then he ran away. But, but just speaking that into their life, they hear so much negative. They see it they on do. TV. They hear it in music. But just, to, but just to have the opportunity with the most real estate in their heart to speak words of life can, can totally transform them. Right. Just to say, I love you. God loves you. And God has a wonderful plan for your life. And just repeat that. To yeah. say, God loves you. I love you. And he has a he has a wonderful plan for your life, and just keep doing that in their life, and just keep saying that. I say that every time we do ministry. Yep. I say God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, and I tell them that God has plans for them of a hope and a future. Yeah. And uh, take that out of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. If you know nothing else, just keep quoting that over their lives, and right. just keep telling that God has a plan for your life, and it's it's a wonderful plan with a hope and a future. God has a wonderful plan for your life, and it's a it has a it's a plan of a hope and a future. And you just keep doing that. You keep sowing those seeds of life into them. And, and they take root. God's word does not return void. That's right. Amen. It does not. And um, But for us, it takes not going along with culture. Yeah. It takes not just going along with psychology. Right. It takes, it takes not just, just giving them pills because that's what they're prescribed to kind of get them to this state of sedation. <laughs> Where they can right. just function in society. Right. Now I'm not saying that not. Yeah, we won't touch that. We're not going to go down that road. But I'm not yes. saying like no. that, that 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 every medicine is evil because we all know we take ibuprofen. Sure. But I'm just saying there's there's some things that we just bow to the world and we allow them just to dictate how we're going to parent, yeah. how we're going to live, and then that's it. When God has something greater, something more beautiful, something more holy, something more righteous that, that brings life to our children and to our family. And that can include, it's actually that very same youth mentor. 
Um, I remember listen, overhearing a conversation that he had with, uh, with another parent, and it was about teenagers. And uh, especially when you have girls, you hear, oh, well, just wait till they're a teenager. They're not going to talk to you anymore. They're, they're going to they, they're fight with you. They're going to be interested in boys. They're not going to want anything to do with you. And I remember him saying, no. No, I'm not. I'm not accepting that. I'm not going to, that's not how my teenagers are going to be. And I don't believe that we have to be doomed, you know, from the time they're three to believe that, you know, our kids are going to grow up and there's going to be this great separation and that they're going to hate us and that they're going to give us attitude. And I, re I mean, I think Adeline was four. I mean, I don't know how old she was when I heard him saying that, but I clung to that. That, that I that I wasn't going to speak death over my child and death over our relationship, that someday when she grew up that she was going to want nothing to do with me as her mother and that we were going to always be fighting and at odds. And I just, it was something I just said, I'm not doing that. I'm going to speak life over it. In fact, uh, that, that we're going to have a great relationship when they're teenagers and that my kids are going to talk with me and that they are going to allow us to invest into to their lives. And you know, we're not there. We don't have all teenagers yet or grown kids yet, but we're on our way there because we just, and I won't allow other people to do it either because in public you, you get that a lot again, especially with girls. I don't know why, as if a teenage boy has never had an attitude before, but, um, you know, when they see girls, oh, just wait till they grow up or two girls together. Or then when they hear that, you know, we had three girls, and you, you know, when they see them out in public, 21, 14, and 11, it's, oh, well, just wait and blah, blah, blah. And no, you're not going to speak that over my kid. I'm not allowing you to speak that over us. We're not doing it. And yeah. I don't know, that was, that was like monumental for me that like a, that a, the realization that I didn't have to have that that that's not, that it doesn't have to be that way, even though, you know, Disney Channel and whatever tries to show us that, you know, kids are always going to have attitude and they're always going to think that they're smarter than parents. Absolutely. And really, they are smarter than parents at any of that. And I'm, I'm just, we're just not doing it. Yeah, and it's funny too, because looking back, like you hear those things and then it's 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 kind of those same people who are longing for answers on how to, how to, right. how to, how to raise their kids or how to get a relationship yeah. with their kids, how to love their kids, how to do those things. And it's like, it's like if you if you if you're saying that and, and you have that mind mentality, then you're just gonna kind of go along with the world sure. system. Our relation, I have an amen section in my youth group, and it's my children. That's right. That <laughs> as I and that, and because because the opposite of that is they could just be saying he's a liar, he's a liar. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't practice that. But when I and actually we had a pastor come up, Pastor Josh from North Point Bible College, to speak, and he he commented, he says you have an amen section. <laughs> and I said, yeah, and they're my kids. It's like, it's, it's good when I'm preaching the word of God that my kids are in agreement and they're saying, amen, amen, amen. Because like I said, they could have been, they could be saying the opposite. Their hearts could be saying, he's a hypocrite. He's a liar. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's, he's duping you all because we get to see him for what he really is at home. But they're not. They're not. It's a testimony of, of that this works. Like, like, and and I can't tell you. And I'm not. And I like to brag about my kids. Okay, so I'm not, clearly, that's I, why we're here. But um, <laughs> but uh, when we go out in public, or how many people come up to us and say your kids are are amazing? Are amazing. Your kids are so well behaved. And you and and I and I agree. Like, it's not like I say, I don't go, well, you should see them at home. Or you should, you should see them when they're fighting. That's not what I say they at do. all. They do. They do do that, but that's not what they're, that's not, that's not who they are. Right. That's not the content of their character. Right. That's not their calling. And so it's, 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 if you, if you want your kids like that, and this is why it's a journey, just so you know, it's a journey. We set right. out on this journey um, a few years back. Because we wanted our kids to know Jesus. Right. And the reason why they say amen 
is because I came to the realization that they are God's first. That's right, amen. Just like um, Samuel's mother. Yeah. I think it's Hannah. Hannah. Who brought him to the temple. Yeah. And said, God, he's yours first. And then God honored that, and he raised him up to anoint kings. Mm. And so in, in, in our lives, it's remembering that they're God's first, and when they're God's first, you steward them. That's right. And when you steward them, you get, to, you get to shepherd them, and you get to love them, and you get to see them grow in their love of Christ as you love them. And as you, can, as you take up the most real estate in their heart, you're able to sow truth and love and joy and all the things that are in That's God's right. words and all the promises of God. And so then when you go out in public, right, then people come up and say, your kids are wonderful. And you're just like, I know. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I know. The I best. They're the best. <laughs> and, and I bet you my friend will comment and start a fight again. No, but I, my kids are the best because they're my inheritance. They're right. my blessing from God. Just and, like to you, your kids are the best. Yeah. And invest into that. Yeah, speak that to them. And speak that. Speak that to them. And then next time we get in, next time you see me in public or whatever, you can, you can, you can, you can come up to me and say, my kids are the best. And I'll say, praise God, my kids are the best. <laughs> and right. um, we but speak it over them. We speak it over and their lives. Them. And yeah. we speak it into them. Because and into God's. ourselves. Yeah. That, that each and I'm just thinking, I have all these pictures of kids running through my heads from children's ministry all the way up. And, and. And that God has a unique calling for their lives, and they are the best. That's right. Because they're called by God to do a mighty things. Right. And you, as a parent, and us as parents, we get the opportunity to watch them grow and flourish in that as we fan the flames of the Holy Spirit in their life to do those amazing yeah. things. That what, that, that what I couldn't do, or what I, when my life is done, like my kids are going to continue right. to do. And it's going to be beautiful. It's, it's one then, generation declares or praises his works to the next. And then that next generation builds on that. And it only gets louder and bigger and greater. And chosen for such a time as this. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that you're, you're, you and your children have been chosen for this time in history. And this is a pivotal, important time in history. Yeah. And we believe that we are ushering, that we're going to usher in the next, the last great revival. That's that's what we hear spoken, and that's what we believe. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's raising the revival generation, that these kids are going to go out, and it's going to be a great and mighty harvest mm-hmm. that we're going to receive. And we don't believe in speaking doom and gloom and any of that. That's, that's not what we're about. So we are speaking that we're going to see uh, souls saved and on fire for Jesus and that and that our children and ourselves but our children are such a pivotal role in that which is why what we do is so important and and with that too is there's two things there's, there's, it's it's a grassroots yes it starts in the home amen and right. because that's, that's the, the way, only way that this works that's the way God intended yes so so you can you can surrender your kids to other people but or you can be the 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 priest of your home yes. is, is what it is, is that it's, that's what it is. It comes down to it being the priest of your home, the voice of God to your children. And so it's grassroots in the, in that aspect. And it goes back to the word of God. So it's very biblical. Yeah. It's very biblical for you to teach your child the ways of the Lord. That, that is very biblical. Um, but it's also, so it's grassroots. It's also, okay. I found this on the web for, but it's also check it out. Siri is talking to us. They're listening. The government wants to know how to raise no, a child, right? Like, but anyway, oh, like to raise children. <laughs> so uh, the other thing was, I said it's grassroots, but that's also how you grow a church. That's right. 
You grow the most basic structure of it, which is the family unit. You grow yep. that healthy. You grow it whole. And, uh, and then that expands and it multiplies. And so if you want a healthy church, you start with families. Right. And then those families become healthy and they grow and they multiply. And then more families come. And, and that's, that's really what it is. It, it's, 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 it's making the family unit whole and, and healthy. Yeah, that's right. And so we do that by raising our kids in a way where they know God. And the Holy Spirit works in their lives mm-hmm. to do what we could never do. We are, we are parents, but we are stewards. That's right. Because ultimately, it's, it, this is the funny thing. And they are blessings. They are blessings, but my but my son who believes in Jesus Christ is also my brother in Christ. They love to talk about that. Now let that sink in for a moment, and maybe we'll talk about that on the later yeah, episode. Right. But uh, but yeah, you, the, the, they're your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, with God being their father too. Yeah, and so yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for listening. We recognize that this is. Probably a longer podcast than most, but that's okay because we talk a lot. So it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, we like we like having you a part of our journey, and we are praying that God will bless you. A longer podcast than Joe Rogan, and I keep bringing him up not to give his, With, his not to give his podcast any. Maybe he could if he wants to sponsor an episode. Yeah, hey, we're all open for that. That's but anyways, right. but he does a three hour okay. podcast, well, and so know. we're just taking up a little bit of your time. Yeah. But I, we think it's good and we think it's of God and we think it's going to bless your life and bless your family. And so and with we, that, we have some exciting things coming up. I think we're going to start bringing in some of our kids onto the podcast. Not all of them Ooh. here and there, uh, because, you know, that perspective is good because we can talk all we want. But and maybe we've, we've also thrown out the idea of doing a live video, a live um, video. So we would we'd stream it live as you guys well, watch I will say we have a couple things. We, in order to to be live, we have some goals that we want to hit with our social media following. Following, so uh, yeah, there so you go. Keep that in mind. So that you know, like, share, follow, ring the bell, ring the bell for notifications. Or I know that there's a way to do that on Spotify. I don't. Uh, which we, we have a lot of listeners on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but go ahead and follow our socials. And again, we are giving away. Um, the giveaway will be closing soon, but it's How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation by Jonathan Shuttlesworth, which really comes along with what we're talking about. It discusses the life of Abraham, and we want to bless somebody with that and send it you know, free of charge to you. So go ahead and find the post that says Episode 3, and we'll say Giveaway on it and How to Giveaway and all the steps to do for that. And, um, and, uh, yeah, if you would like to sow into this ministry, um, in our link tree, there is an avenue and ways to do that as well. If you enjoy this podcast, if you want to become a sponsor, we're taking sponsorship as well. I didn't know that. Surprise. So there you go. (laughs) Also, uh, make sure, uh, you comment. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, comments are great. We stopped doing that. We love to hear from you guys. Even if you're a TikTok troll. Yes, those are my favorite. They're fun. Um, But we love to hear from you guys. We love Mm -hmm. to respond to you. If you have any questions or maybe even some topics that you would like to have come up in our podcast, feel free to to send those in. Um, You can message them. I don't know if you want to comment them. That yeah. gets a little personal. If you want to comment <laughs> just a generic question, you can on any of our socials, but you can also message us on Instagram. I mean, every all the socials have a way to message except for YouTube. So you can send us a message. You can send us an email, raisingtherevivalgeneration at gmail.com. That's pretty 
pretty easy. And if you're a local and you'd like to come and visit with us and talk with us, you can find us on Sundays at Lake Church in Newport, New Hampshire, 930, and in Bristol, New Hampshire at 6 o'clock on Sundays also. And if you have a student between the ages of 11 and 18, we'd love to see them at Refuge Youth Church on Wednesdays. At 7 o'clock. And you can follow those socials too. Yes, you may. It's, yeah. been, it's been fun. God yep. bless you guys. They keep you. And uh, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs>